This is Michelle. This is Mia. And this is Cassie. And, and we know what you did on Fear Street. Okay, so we're talking about the book. Yeah, so uh, we finally get to a month where we don't have a holiday to match to the book. <laughs> Um, and it's not a super chiller? Yeah. No. <laughs> Instead, we are reading Missing, the fourth Fear Street book. So it's an early one. Yeah, it doesn't feel early. I thought, it no. was, I thought this was in his groove. I agree. This is, I thought um, when I recommended this one, we were going to read it and I was like, oh, I'm sorry I made you guys <laughs> read that. Like Bad Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really enjoyed it. No, no, no it was fun. You I just redeemed yourself after bad dreams this was yeah. a good one good yeah i just uh i i thought like with the ending i thought that it was i assumed that meant he was like bored with regular villains mm -hmm. was, like, something else like i thought this was like in the late teens in the series so yeah maybe yeah. he like blew his load early on and that's why the later books are so bad he was like i used all the good stuff in like books one through five Maybe. This one had a... I really liked the plot, but it was very different from other Fear yeah. books, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, like, are other Fear Street books written in first person? Because I know I call it. That, I that, was wondering that. I couldn't remember for sure, for sure, but I didn't... I think the other ones are third person. Yeah. I think they're all third person. Yeah, because it felt weird. I don't understand. I think that there was like first person times, like I think like when Mouse was talking during yeah. I think that was in first person. But um I don't think that the other ones Uh Broken Hearts is third person. No. So it was Halloween Party. Yeah, I think they So I been. think that the, this is like a new thing. He didn't he didn't have uh first I'm not saying none of them are first person, but most of them, I don't think, are. Yeah. Agreed. Let's see if the early books were, and then, nope. No, Corey was definitely not first person, because it would have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine reading out of Corey's perspective. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine being able to finish it. I just pulled that one, and yep, definitely third person. Yeah, so, interesting. Change of pace, Bob. We are into it. Mm-hmm. So should we talk about the awesome cover? <laughs> Do you really think this cover is awesome? Because I hate it. Whatever, best pose ever. It's ridiculous. Is she, like, what? I don't understand. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I do like her sweater. I love that it's, like, dip-dyed. That's pretty dope. I think I found this, out, her outfit. Like, I really... I really think I did. Do you have Red Mary Gaines? I yeah. do. I definitely do. Yes. I mean, they're not like full on Mary Danes, but they're flats with a little strap and they're red. That's Mary Jane. Yeah. I would have worn, I would have worn this with jellies, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, tights. She has tights on. I probably yeah. wouldn't have worn tights. Mm. I think I would have just worn the jellies. Her hair is very, and his are all, a little bit 80s. Well, it is 1990. Okay. Because her, her bangs are definitely feathered. Oh, yeah. It, he looks like Archie. <laughs> I think he looks like a Ken doll. Like a 80s Ken doll. 
Like, I'm pretty sure the yes. doll that I had with real hair back when yes. I was a kid looked yes. exactly like him. He looks like Kevin. You remember Kevin? Yes, I remember Kevin. Kevin was uh, Ken's, like, hot little brother. Oh, right, right, right. He, he had freckles and, like, he was, like, the uh, Skipper's boyfriend. Yeah, yes. I had Kevin and Skipper. Definitely. Somebody who is in the 1940s or 50s? Skipper is not a name. <laughs> Skipper is a title for somebody on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's not a name. <laughs> See, and see, look, he's wearing the Endless Summer t-shirt. <laughs> the t-shirt's oh, very 70s. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, that t-shirt is very... I bet it's one of his dad's t-shirts, and he, like, stole it. Maybe. To wear with his Adidas. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, straight up Adidas. Three yeah. stripes. Not even, like, yeah. generic Adidas. No, it's definitely Adidas. If there wasn't a damn pine tree, I would definitely say, maybe it's a camp uh, on a Wana t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that would be awesome. I don't think that's supposed to be a... That's not a pine tree. Isn't it? What no, think I it think is? it's supposed to be a palm tree. Palm tree, yeah. Just, I see it now. It's just a shit. So maybe it is Endless Summer, then. Yeah. You think, uh, well, Endless Summer t-shirts were popular in the 70s, so. You think the painter was a fan? Probably. Totally. I just really love the pose. I want to do that pose all the time. My God, her pose is absurd. So if you are listening to this and you are not looking at this cover, go look up the cover yeah. because she, she looks like, is it, is it like a chalk outline? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or is she doing the robot? Maybe. I'm not sure what is happening here, but is it like stop hammer time? <laughs> <laughs> or is it, it could be the robot or like, is she trying to walk like an Egyptian? Maybe oh. she's like a huge fan of the bangles. Maybe she's trying to mime her way out of the situation. She's like, no, no, no. Everybody's Maybe. afraid of a mime. No, it's a T-Rex, the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she's like, don't move. And it won't stand. <laughs> also, the cover artist is listed just as Gabrielle. There's For no real. last name. Wait, is this our first um, female cover artist, though? I guess. Um, I mean... It's a weird pose, Gabrielle. But yeah, Gabrielle. I expect better from you. No, I love it, Gabrielle. Although that fashion sense, spot on, Gabrielle. Like, obviously, you are a fashion fan. I'm going to keep, literally, I'm not kidding. Every, like, from now on, like, if I get surprised, this is the pose I'm getting into. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to bust into this move. Um, I'm going to at ALA just one time. If I see you on the floor, I'm just yeah. gonna break into that move. Oh yeah. my god, this this will be the new like planking. Yes. Statue uh, trend. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The new mannequin challenge. You just like break into this pose. Yes. Yes. I love it. What's <laughs> gonna happen? So other than the weird pose, though, it's a pretty good like cover right it's it's a good type like i like the tree branch like they coming were, out of the bottom and they were terrified in the woods so you know it did happen yeah yeah i mean it definitely has an atmosphere to it i'll give it that i just can't get over the post no it's- me neither like i literally remember seeing like nothing about this cover except for the pose like yeah 
And like, whenever you guys said we were reading this book, I'm like, is that the Pose book? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. But I couldn't, I didn't remember like why they were posing. I didn't know it was like a scared pose. I thought it was like, I thought they were like going to the old abandoned, old abandoned dance club. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was like moon, bad moonlight. I get them confused. Like, it looks like, but she's dancing. (laughs) The bad moonlight cover confused. Yes. (laughs) What? How? Because I thought they, I thought these people were dancing. And I thought (laughs) Bad Moonlight's like a dancing cover, isn't it? Aren't they at a club or something? They're singing. Yeah, they're dancing. They're singing in the microphone. They're karaokeing and you dance. I don't think they are. I think they're in a band or something. I actually have no idea. I have no idea. (laughs) They're like (laughs) Josie and the Pussycats, but with werewolves. This is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what this could be. Josie and the Pussycat with werewolves. They were wolves. There was lots of talk of supernatural creatures in this book. There, there were. Scary dog. <laughs> oh, God. It's not Voltaire. I hope it wasn't Voltaire. No, we will get to this dog. Oh, <laughs> my God. I have. Like a, that dog had, like, rabies or something. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you that I told Cassie, or Mia, she didn't know. Like, she didn't see it about your, it might have been you that tweeted it him about the ASPCA thing. Yes, it was me. It absolutely oh my God, was Best me. tweet ever. I totally missed that. Thank tweet. you. This is why I'm saying, like, my tweets have been top-notch lately. Yeah. I, I like, lo- I died when I read that. <laughs> what about your books? You know he didn't respond because he can't say that. I know. It was the best tweet ever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> too true <laughs> yeah like, tell that to the dead cat in everybody's locker shady sad hi <laughs> tell that to the dog whose neck you broke <laughs> in this book <laughs> oh my god oh. i i guess we'll get started yeah <laughs> let's move on to uh oh wait. our dramatic readings yeah. right cassie you're on yeah Sorry, I'm going to take a sip of water. Cassie's preparing. She's going to do some vocal warm-ups. <clears throat> me, 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 ma, ma. Can I say that, this, <laughs> that the tagline is not my favorite? No. Yeah, it's not great. First, no. their parents disappeared. Then, the real terror began. Yeah. It should have been, like, missing. <laughs> now you'll be missing or something. Like, should have <laughs> the title. I don't like it's- it. It's also an early book, so it has that part in the beginning that's like, welcome to Fear Street. Don't don't listen to to the stories they tell. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to read that part. Um, So let's start with, please help. Our parents are missing. What would you do if your parents didn't come home, didn't call, left no note? At first, Mark and Kara Burroughs aren't terribly alarmed. Their parents have stayed out late before. But then, other things start to go wrong. Mark's girlfriend Gina breaks up with him and suddenly disappears. The the police don't seem at all interested in finding Mark and Kara's parents. And their mysterious cousin who boards with them seems to be spying on their every move. Then, murder strikes. Mark and Kara learn their terror is only the beginning. Someone wants them to disappear, too. But why? 
The answer lies deep in the Fear Street woods. But will they live long enough to find it? Oh my god, that was so long. It was yeah. pretty long. Imagine- also, um, can we all agree that Gina's a fucking badass? <laughs> yeah. Gina's I. <laughs> what? She was my favorite. No, she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. I loved her. I feel like Gina and Suki are probably tight. Yeah? Yeah. If Suki wasn't so, like, despised by people, I feel like Gina and her would get along well. Because they're both just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Gina's, like, I think people like Gina. Yeah, I, I think Gina's pretty popular. So we open up with the party, which is apparently what teenagers do when their parents are a little late. Yeah, like, they're expecting them any minute, and they're yes. just gonna have a party. Uh, okay. But, I mean, their parties are like, oh, we're drinking pop. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there are no wine cooler bad boys at this party. I don't know, no. Mark and Gina were, like, getting it on on the couch. They were. <laughs> Gross. That was some PG-13 making out there. But it wasn't too bad for Arl Stein. He tends to make it seem like they're eating each other's face. <laughs> this seems yeah. like legitimate kissing. Not like, I've only seen kisses in movies. I just kind of assume that everybody at Shadyside is a mutant who actually unhinges their jaw to make out. <laughs> could be. Could be. I think it fits the theme. I mean, he did have lipstick all over his face. Like, who, like how's that happen? How much lipstick is she wearing? Yeah. Although, okay, I didn't like in the first chapter, like, it's first person or whatever. And Kara's giving us, like, description of Gina, and she's like, she has a hot bod. No, no, no girl is saying that. No. That's not how we talk. Um, I like that better than when she describes how hot her brother is. I know. Yeah. I wrote, is this Jeremy and Beth? That's what I wrote on my paper. I wrote, is this another book where the girl loves her brother? Because I'm already getting Flowers in the Attic vibes. Yeah. And then she describes her cousin later in similar detail about how attractive he is. To be fair, they just met him. It's not like it's a cousin they grew up with. Like, if if that had been the only time that she had described somebody like that, I would have been like, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. But holy hell, it's your brother. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't appreciate that either. I didn't appreciate the bod comment. I didn't appreciate the incest comments yeah but can we talk about how she mentioned that they moved from brookline which pittsburgh yes (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just more evidence to our theory that this is actually in pittsburgh yeah even though like we've been told it's not by rl sign himself the death of the author yeah i mean maybe he just doesn't want to like admit that he's <laughs> ripping off Pittsburgh. <laughs> could be. Could be. He's like, they're on to me. <laughs> First they complain about that fire that won't go out, and now this? Yeah, well, he's not doing himself any favors with us, like, talking about all that stuff, because it comes back up in this book. Not the fire, but all the animals. Oh, you know, yeah. And the howling and all that. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. like, straight up. In the first chapter, he talked about ghosts and weird howls and oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I got yeah, people that go into the woods and come out looking different and not remembering who they are. Right. Quote. 
So is it a different person? Like, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean they look different? It doesn't yeah. count. Like, like Sandy goes into the woods, and then two days later, Sharon comes out, but you're like, no, you're Sandy. Yeah. You're Sandy. <laughs> yeah. See, as soon as you said Sandy, I was totally, my mind totally went to Greece. Like, she goes into the woods, and, like, as, like, beginning of the movie, Sandy, all preppy, and... She comes out of the woods in, like, badass leather get-up, Sandy. <laughs> and they're like, what happened in there? She's like, whatever, don't worry about it. I got chills. They're multiplying. Wait, does that mean Dr. Travolta comes out with his, like, letterman jacket? Yes, definitely. Yes, he goes in with his leather jacket and comes out with the letterman yeah. jacket. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is his leather jacket. Maybe Mark stole it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe he just found it in the woods. He's like, oh, this looks warm. I'm going to put it on. <laughs> yeah, but, like, from now on, if, like, someone in these books goes into the woods, I'm just going to assume that they're not going to remember who they are. And they're going to come out looking, <laughs> looking different. Looking different. Of some way. I'm just going to assume that he's an entirely different person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so they're partying, and then a cop shows up at their door, and Kara just answers it. Instead of, like, where's the running and the hiding of the booze and the shh, shh, everybody shh. Yeah, like, they just this, get louder. Yeah, this is a whole <laughs> party. Yeah. She just opens it up, and then her first response has nothing to do with the party. She's just like, something happened to my parents? Yeah. yeah. And it's, I love how on the back it says, they weren't terribly alarmed. Yeah, they were. Like, right <laughs> yeah. from the beginning, like, something must have happened. Something must have happened. Well, she, yeah, she was a little worried, but not so worried that she didn't throw a party. Yeah, I mean, she was, right. like, obviously it was on her mind, that's the first thing she thinks when she oh, sees yeah. the police. Maybe they didn't, like, get alarmed, though, because on the fear, in the Fear Street division, they just don't handle, like, like, people on Fear Street know that if the police come, they're not coming for, like, parties and stupid shit like that. Maybe. Like, they're just like, oh, the cops don't handle, our cops don't, don't handle that stuff, so. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were Fear Street cops or regular cops, and I felt, like, when he gave, he gave her his, like, direct line and a special card and stuff, um, I was like, oh, maybe they are Fear Street cops. It's, like, a special thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there's an option three. Right, well, um, my first thought was, first I was like, oh, are these Fear Street cops, or are they the actual burglars? Because... He told them that they were investigating burglaries on Fear Street, which, like, total BS. Who the fuck would steal from Fear Street? <laughs> the bad part of town. Like, go yes. to fucking North Hills if you want to rob some houses. This is stupid criminal bullshit. Oh, yeah. This is total Home Alone vibes. Yeah. Like, going, you know how in the beginning of Home Alone, the cop, like, goes to their house and, like, we're just, like, trying to keep the neighborhood safe. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. But it's really the burglar scoping out the joint. Yeah, totally. Good call, but wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately was like, yeah, he's not a cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, thought he was. I thought he was a cop. No, I was like, no. I figured it out later. But. So anyways, we got Corey Brooks there. Oh, yep. Really Corey's dumb. back. Still dumb. Ugh. So dumb. Lisa, why? Yeah, obviously, they're, obviously they are OTP, because they're still together. Yeah. And Lisa continues to be awesome in this book, and I'm just like... Mm. 
Why? I don't know. I have like things about that. Why? We'll, get to, we'll get to it. Alright. <laughs> but Corey is the literal worst. He like pretends to puke and it's fake vomit how yeah. old are they i don't uh, know 10 apparently and um david metcalf is in this in this mm-hmm. book too just a bit yeah is he Corey's friend from the first book i think, I so. think so he's definitely he in was, other books he was in the last book wasn't he or well, was he at the party for the last book i think i mean i wrote i wrote down everybody you always do. Corey Brooks was, yeah, date, yeah. But they called him Donald at first. Oh, oh yeah. Right. So, R.L. Simon's like, forgot his name. Yeah. So Change back to Dave again. But, um, I mean, keep in mind, this is a pretty early book, so he probably didn't have a large cast of characters, so he's just like, ah, eh, bring that person back and that person. Yeah. So. I was wondering, though, if they were going to be, like, involved again, like, how, uh, like Ricky was involved. Yeah, in it. yeah. I was like, oh damn, they're not done with these people. Yeah. I keep waiting for Lisa to have her own book. I know, but I mean, I don't think she does though. If we'll Lisa, have to find out. Yeah. Remind me about the bring up Lisa again. I am going to because I'm really interested okay. when she comes back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after the after Captain Faraday, the cop leaves. Kara tells everybody to go home because it's almost 11 and they have school tomorrow and she's apparently, like, her mom. Yeah. I guess. And, um, while they're cleaning up, that's when they hear noises coming from above, like footsteps. But it's Roger, the boarder they forgot that lived with them. Yeah, how do you forget your weird cousin lives upstairs? I don't know. And why was he hiding in his room the whole time while they were having a party? That's more suspicious than anything else. Everything yeah. he did in this book was stupid and suspicious, and he's a terrible, he's terrible at his job. <laughs> it's true. He's good at being a red herring, I guess. He's That's his job. That's um, technically his job. I think at one point I called him Red Herring Roger. Uh, (laughs) i think at one point i was like oh hello red herring your name in this book is roger (laughs) but like when they said that that it wasn't the first time that their parents boarded college students and stuff i mean it makes sense now like hearing the end of the book like why they did that but at that time i'm like oh my god like who does that who takes some random college students when you have like a a young girl in the house Like, I mean, hello, you're just asking for something bad to happen. Yeah, my next comment is, nope, nope, nope. Nobody just, quote, wants to help college kids out. (laughs) No, you don't. When you have, like, small children, you don't just invite college kids that you don't know to live in your house. Like, sorry. Bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Bad things did happen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, is that when they, they try to call their parents, right? Yeah, and, and the then, phone's out. And the phone is out, and, like, on one hand, phones go out on Fair Street all the time, but on the other hand, at least 50% of the time, it's because the ancient evil is trying to murder you, so I don't know if their blasé attitude is understandable, or if they're just real dumb. They're real yeah. dumb, because- They're real dumb! No storm, and then the guy came and said there was a burglary down the street, I'd be like, okay, like, we're getting murdered. Yeah, they, they cut the phone lines. Did they ever explain the phones? No. Or the or the neighbor, the old lady neighbor, like where they were. Like, 
where Tara goes to use her phone, and she's like, why is she acting so weird? Yeah, no, they don't. They don't. You're right. I, they don't. So I have questions about phones. I mean, we can talk about it with the old lady neighbor, but um, yeah, I feel like we got verification in this book that there are not party lines on Fear Street, because if they're calling about their specific line not working, like, that means no party lines, which is really sad, because I want party lines on Fear Street. Because originally I was going to be like, well, the phone's not working because somebody else is using it because party lines. And that's why the phone's always down on Fear Street. It's not actually down. It's that they have party lines. But that's not, with party lines, if you pick it up and somebody's already on the phone, you just listen to that talk. Like, the, the phone doesn't not work. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I kind of still like the party line theory. Like, maybe it's just their specific phone that the, like just the actual line going into their phone isn't working maybe yeah i mean but like have they not watched movies like no these yeah. kids have never seen a movie ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> no no that's true um but these kids have seen movies before because mark is obsessed with star trek I know. Is he watching, like, I was going to ask you guys, what is what version of Star Trek was out th- this time? Um, Do they say? Which one he he's watching? I think he would have been watching the original. When did uh, Next Generation start? What year? I think it was later in the 90s. Hmm. It wasn't but. that late in the 90s. If it, hold on, I'm going to look it up because I don't remember when. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. I don't yeah. know. So, but me. Oh, no, it was Next Generation. It started in 87. Yeah, because I thought Will Wheaton was pretty yeah, young. I think it was probably both, because I think she says he watches reruns, too. Yeah, he does. So, I bet he was watching both the originals and Next Gen. I bet Will Wheaton was his favorite. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> like, who else would be your favorite? Uh, Patrick Stewart? Hello. Yeah, no, nobody likes Wesley Crusher. Obviously, you're not a Star Trek Aww. fan. Everyone hates Wesley Crusher. I liked Wesley Crusher when the show was on because he was the closest one to my age. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't fair. watch Star Trek. I have no idea. I just like Will Wheaton because I like Stand By Me. <laughs> fair. Hey, wait, they talk about Kirk, Yura, and Uhura. Chekhov. Oh, it was oh the that's the original, Kirk, yeah. And, uh, Chekhov versus <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think he was watching Next Gen and Bob just doesn't know there was Next Gen. <laughs> Probably. I feel like this is the part of the podcast where Michelle realizes who she's hanging out with and is like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the part of the podcast where uh, Michelle realized we're like next level nerds. Right? <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I mean, I feel like she should have figured that out like eight episodes ago when we went on rants about the DC universe, but. Yeah. Well, just so everyone knows, when I'm, like, really quiet and not talking, it means I have no idea what they're talking about. Because <laughs> if I know what you're talking about, I'll talk to you. It's the same way when before uh, recording, you guys are talking about, like, your blogs and <laughs> yeah. ALA like, and book, stuff. Book, book world <laughs> yeah. drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> yeah, all, all these upcoming releases. that. Yeah. I just sit here. I'm like, I don't know what's going 
Um, okay, so the phones don't work and they don't give a shit, apparently. Okay, so then they go upstairs and um, uh, he watches Star Trek, apparently for an hour, even yeah. though he said it's only for a minute because it said, it's almost midnight, I want, Star Trek comes on at midnight, I want to see what episode it is. He watches the beginning, they go upstairs, he says it's one o'clock in the morning. So apparently he sits there for an hour. R.L. Stein doesn't know how time works. I think time just works differently on Fear Street. It's, yeah. It's a theory. Yeah. It's one of my theories. Yeah. It has to be because then it's almost two all of a sudden. Yeah. It, time just doesn't work the same. Yeah. And then he goes to sleep or he tries to go to sleep and it's only like 15 minutes later. It's like, he's like, I've been lying in bed forever. And he's like, it's 2.45. I'm like, you didn't go to bed until two. Like, that's 45 minutes. Not that long. Uh, is this where she yells be- or where she screams because her parents' bed is unmade? Yeah, so I was gonna say, did we skip that part where they try to go into the parents' room and she screams over an unmade bed? Because yeah, that is that is peak R.L. Stein, like stupid, crazy, like dumbass cliffhanger to find out that she's screaming over an unmade bed. Also, if Kara is upset by unmade beds, she needs to never come over to my house. Mine neither. (laughs) Fames. But the thing is, is it makes no sense with everything else she does in this entire book. Yeah. Like, she doesn't spend the entire book screaming no. In fact, it's quite possible that nobody does that in this book. (laughs) (laughs) First time ever. I don't think there was a single no with 12 O's at the end of it. (laughs) Also, um, that's the first time the point of view switches. Yeah. So that's when I was like, whoa, we're, we're, like, it's a different person. I didn't know if it was going to be a thing or if Orlstein just thought, forgot whose POV he was writing in. (laughs) Well, I was glad that he forgot because we didn't know what what the girl's name was until I know. I was like, who is this girl talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) Usually they find a way for, like, another character to say their name. He forgot to do that. So we're into chapter four, and I still didn't know her name. It's interesting that they don't tell you, like, the chapters don't have titles, so it doesn't tell you when it's switching. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to figure it out. So sometimes I'd get halfway through a chapter, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, damn. Wait, why do you want to kiss Gina? Oh, this is Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a little bit confusing. Yeah. I just think name at the top of the chapter would have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did that in, uh, like, the, didn't he do that in the Christmas book? Yeah, I think he did it in all the um, super chillers that yeah. switched. Just not, maybe because this one's not a super chiller. Well, then we get him, like, talking about Gina in, like, I don't really need to hear his thoughts on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> we already heard her thoughts on the matter about the hot bod. And now we have to hear his thoughts. But he loves her so much. They've Ugh. been dating for three whole weeks. <laughs> yeah. He, he loves her so much that he threw a Pop-Tart across the room in the first chapter what? because the parents didn't like her, which is a waste of a good Pop-Tart, if you ask me. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any men in Shadyside that don't have bad tempers and need to go to anger management? Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Like... Maybe Ricky Shore. <laughs> so his parents don't like her, and... For no reason. Yeah, and well. here's his reasoning to argue why they should, right? Gina was a fox. She was real smart, too, and nice, and she really likes me. 
oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, are, to you be should fair, date her saying, then. Those are some great reasons to, have, to date someone. Wow. They're hot, yes. smart, nice, and they, they like, like you. <laughs> How often does that happen in high school? Wait, you're like super cool and you like me? What's wrong with you? Checks all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. But she likes me, Dad. <laughs> to be fair, at, like his parents didn't have any any reason they could tell him about why he shouldn't be dating her. Yeah, I know. It made sense later, but you know, at this at this point, I'm just like, what? Yeah. But anyway, they're back in their parents' room investigating things, and they see. Um, did they find the, they found the monkey skull? Yeah. I was going to say, did Ooh, they find I, the monkey skull yet? I think Roger first and then the monkey skull. Okay, okay. So oh, yeah. they they see shoes and a bulge in the curtains. And I was like, uh, it's probably Corey back playing a dumb joke. I thought um, so too. <laughs> I thought but, he was going to jump out the window. I thought he, I thought he was going to like show himself and then jump out the window like he did at that one, pl- that one house. Yeah. <laughs> but, I was but, really hoping it was a false call and that nobody was behind the curtain because whoever was behind the curtain roger right right (laughs) but also so it was roger and i thought oh i forgot all about him i guess i guess you can forget about roger (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah so it's legit (laughs) he's just that forgettable he totally is um so, yeah, he makes up some stupid excuse about why he's in there. But he has his Walkman, which was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, but they never say why he doesn't have headphones. I thought it was going to come out later that he was, like, recording their conversation or something. But oh, no. yeah, maybe. So it's just a dead end. Oh, yeah. I think that was just a way for R.L. Stein to bring up Walkmans. So after Roger leaves, that's when Mark, does Mark find the skull? Yeah, it's Mark. Mark finds, he finds a monkey, a tiny little, like, how do they know it's a monkey? Crystal. Yeah. Crystal. That's what I want to know. How do they know it's a monkey? Eight eyes, I guess. What else would it be? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, do you just look look at a skull and you know what kind of animal it comes from? I didn't think it was a real skull. I thought it was like a... Like, yeah, it's small. Well, I thought it was made out of like... Like, like ivory or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not real. So it was probably just made to look like monkeys. Kind of looks... Like yeah. Like the style. Yeah. Okay. It probably wasn't a skull. It was just a face. Yeah, but... that's what I'm picturing. But then I was wondering if monkey skulls were like monkey paws. Yes! My, yes! My next comment was a tiny monkey skull. If it was a monkey's paw, then we'd be talking. Maybe R.L. Stein just read that short story and was like, ah, uh, I'll just go with a skull. I just... I was just like, maybe we just won't make any wishes for the rest yeah. of the... We'll just not not do that. Let's just not. <laughs> I don't know, but the only comment I have for chapter six is, wait, are their parents scientists testing unexplained phenomenon on Fear Street? Are they making wear monkey skulls? I know this is not going to be true, but I really want it to be. You weren't far off. <laughs> but um, I well, think that's that- a pretty good guess. That's a pretty good guess. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was I was like I. Re- I think they go to sleep and then Mark sees the skulls glowing. And so I was like, oh man, probably some sort of like weird government conspiracy. 
It's the size of a ping pong ball. It's pretty fucking small. Yeah. Like this big. Mm-hmm. And it was ice cold. Ice cold. What was it made out of that made it so ice cold? Oh, wait, we, wait, we skipped over my favorite part of this book. The fact that she was wearing a swatch watch. <laughs> that What is she wearing a swatch she, watch? She, like, tells him it's time to go, and she, like, points at her watch, and it's a swatch. Really? Yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah, yeah me too. Missed it too? Yeah. She does, I know, because I wrote it down. I'm so sad. I want a swatch. I know. I'm like, I wish I would have saved mine. I did not have one. You didn't have one? No. Why? Everyone had one. I did not have a swatch. You didn't want one? No, I just didn't have anything brand name. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have a swatch watch either because as previously stated, I was poor. Yeah. Oh, I don't know where the swatch watch is. I know there was a swatch watch. I know it. I wrote it down. Michelle will find it later and she'll tweet a picture of it. Okay. We can all see it. Let's move on to whatever the hell happens next. I they go up to Roger's room to... That's the next morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think he's acting fishy. Duh. Because he is. Um, yeah, so they go up to his room in the attic, and they find that he's sleeping on a cot. And, like, if he... At this point, I was like, if Roger is up to anything, it's 100% because he's paying rent and sleeping in a cot in the attic. Like, oh, man, I feel real bad for that, dude. Hey, listen, it's not like he had much of a choice. Did they not have an actual bed for him? Maybe they can get one from that creepy house down the street. It might be haunted, but, like, it's a bed. Yeah, and it fit in their attic. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's fit in other attics. Yeah, there's an attic bed just waiting around on Fear Street. Yeah, maybe... Maybe this is the same house. Maybe. We don't know. Okay, so what do they find? In, they just, they find nothing. He apparently doesn't actually use any of his school books, even though he's in college. And also no. he has a gun. Yeah, yeah. He, he has no life, but he does have a gun. They didn't find the gun yet. Yes, they did. Yeah, uh-uh. research, this is just like, he... Wakes up in the middle of the night and blah blah blah. No, the next morning. no we're past that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm not there yet. Okay, the alarm went off. They get up. They go downstairs. Their parents and they eat cornflakes and coke. Yeah, gross. What? I was intentionally skipping the grossest thing in this book. <laughs> I know. And they both ate it too. Oh. I was like, what? Oh, let's talk more about the pistol. Let's let's <laughs> No, then he, she goes, is this when she goes to the neighbors? Yeah. yeah. No, not yet. Oh, yeah. Well, the, okay, no. She's like, let's go see why he's asking, acting weird. Yeah, they go search his room because Kara's like. Yeah, and I was like, follow. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. doing this, girl? She yeah. didn't that. She just. She didn't fall through. She would like. There, yeah, then, there were a few would, times she would like back off. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, stick with your intuition. Yeah. No, Kara was doing the right thing. She's good at solving mysteries. She was like mini Nancy Drew. I feel like if she kept doing this, she'd be real good at it. She just needs some practice. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because Corey saw, oh yeah, because Corey woke up in the middle of the night and saw Roger get into that van. Yes. So, right. Yeah. Oh. Remember, he couldn't sleep, so he goes over to the window, and he sees Roger get in the van, and he tells her the next day, and she's like, are you sure you saw him? Like, he didn't, he didn't just walk It wasn't a dream. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? No. He said he saw him, he saw him. And so she was like, all right, let's go. She's like, well, then let's go ask him what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> and they go up there, and he already left. He's not there. So they're like, let's just go through all the shit. And I'm like, good call. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when they look in his underwear and find fun. <laughs> Listen, when you're trying to figure out what's going on with your missing parents and your creepy border, sometimes you have to go through underwear. <laughs> okay, well, I'm never going through underwear. Well, then you'll never know that your creepy border has a gun. Yes, I won't. <laughs> and yeah. then she goes to yep. Miss Fisher. Oh, okay. Who apparently is acting strange, but they never explain why she's acting strange. Yeah, and she also answers doors, so you can't trust her. <laughs> Someone knocks my door at 7 o'clock in the morning, no, not answering it. Like, I mean, anytime, pretty much, no. But, but this is 1990. Like, that was a thing. People answered doors in 1990? Well, you would just, like, pop over to somebody's house and knock on their no, door. Like, no. that was totally <laughs> Just be like, all right, I'm going to Diana's yeah. house. And I'd run down and knock on the door and be like, where's Diana? My mom would be like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that happened. Because it was the 90s and nobody knew where their kids But were. I never answered door in the doors in the 90s either. Like, I would look, like, I would peek out, like, a side window and see if it was, like, one of my friends nope. before I would answer. Nope. <laughs> um, so she goes to Mrs. Fisher's to use their phone. And she's acting shady. Yeah, Mrs. Fisher's, oh, something's up. They're never going to tell us what's up, but something's up. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you think uh, she was she was in the in the thing? Maybe that's what was up. Maybe, but they never explain it. No. Yeah. And they want to call Cranford Industries. Or do they call Cranford Industries? Yeah, they yeah. call the direct line that they have for their parents, but nobody answers, and the switchboard doesn't pick up at the front because it's like seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And uh, the Mrs. Fisher says, oh, Cranford Industry, I know that place. They do a lot of work for the government. And I was like, mm-hmm, government testing. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying, your idea wasn't bad. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am going to say that I think, Michelle, you're right. She's probably part of the Brotherhood. I don't see Mrs. Fisher. I don't see how, yeah. why else she would be acting so shady. Uh, yeah. So, Obviously, their parents don't pick up. So she goes back home, and they see the car in the garage. And they freak out. Which I would have freaked out. I would have called 911 right then and there. Hello. Immediately. I agree. Immediately. Your parents are supposed to be at work, and their car is in the garage. They take way too long to call the cops. Yeah. Way too long. I just, I don't understand. This is the come alone, though. Yeah. They're like, the cars are there. They couldn't have gone to the airport. <laughs> well, they don't call the cops. Instead, they go to check out Cranford Industries, which, to be fair, second best option. Yes, okay. Yeah, like, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, they're doing something. Um, and at this point, it's only been one night, so I guess I kind of un maybe understand. Especially since they said their parents do it, like, he overestimated, like, he yeah. went over it a million times. Their parents do this all the time. Right. But they call. They yeah. call. Yeah. But the phone was out, so I guess they could be like, well, if they tried to call. So, I guess it's not that bad they didn't call the cops, but still, kind of dumb. Yeah. At least they have a car to go in. Yeah. And on their way out, Mark, uh, 
pulls up to the van that's still outside. Yeah. And this is actually- Oh my only, God. This is the only thing I like that Mark did. <laughs> he, uh, he rolled down his window and asked the guy in the van if he's waiting for Roger. <laughs> and he totally throws the guy off. And I was like, all right, Mark, you're picking some stuff up from your sister. You could be- you could I don't be- know. I don't know if that's a great idea. I personally would not ask the creepy dude in an unmarked van parked outside of my house if he's waiting for my weird cousin. But, like, that's just me. I feel like there's no way that ends well. Well, what are your other options? You can call the cops, which we've already determined that they're not ever going to do. Or you can just wait around for the creepy guy in the van to come into your house and murder you. Like, I'd rather try and figure out what the hell they're doing right away. I'd rather ignore the creepy dude in the van as much as possible. Yeah, while they're in a car. Like, I don't know. I I did like the way he did it, though. He's like, so, are you waiting for Roger? He's like, no. (laughs) But actually. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So they go to Cranford Industries, which, is it in Waynebridge? Yeah. Or is it the other guy that lives in Wainford? No, no, no. I think Wally lives in Wainford. It's a couple of towns over there. Yeah. Um, No, actually, I'll bring it up later. It's fine. Okay. Uh, So they go in there and they, it's like some freaking, what, I mean, what, what could this, what would you like? I think it's it's like, it's like a suburb for corporations. Like it's all just office buildings and like a couple of like factories and stuff, you know, like roads and grass and shit. And then there's big ass buildings for businesses. That's what I pictured anyway. But it was like fancy inside. Oh yeah. I I think this is probably a super, I mean, they have government contracts. Um, so they go in and they're like, we're here to see our parents. And the secretary's like looking it up in the computer and she's like, oh, I don't see Burroughs. And then she's like, oh, like, the CEO wants to see you. And I'm yeah. like, what? Which is total bullshit. Yeah. And then they don't know what a CEO is. Yeah. <laughs> Which is adorable. And then he's like, he basically tells them the same thing that they tell. Or the secretary told them. Like, oh, they don't work here. Yeah. No. Except he's, you know, he's very concerned and he feels really bad. Did Arlstein run out of last names? Like, why is it Mr. Marcus? I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't care for that. It's not a last name. Yeah. I, I thought he was doing that thing that sometimes adults do with little kids where they make them call them Mr. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I think so. And, like, I feel like this guy doesn't have any kids, so he doesn't know that once you're, like, <laughs> older than 10, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Marcus. <laughs> this is also the chapter where Kara gets mad at Mark because he gets angry and moody and that doesn't solve anything but you know what I think that's where she's wrong because I think getting moody and angry solves every problem in these books maybe uh I don't think it solves your parents being kidnapped by cultists that's true Shh. <laughs> Spoiler alert for 20 minutes from now. (laughs) Um, So anyways, they're at the park, and she's like, what should we do? And, or he's like, what should we do? And she's like, call the police. And he's still. 
Yeah, and he's like, I guess, I guess. Like, what? No, do it. Who doesn't call the police when they go to their parents' work and their parents' work is like, they don't work here. I know, right? Yeah. Immediately call the cops. Right. Like, what else are you going to do? You're going to just go home and chill? Well, kind of. They went yeah. to school. I know, which I was like, I was, I was definitely like, why are you going to school? I mean, when I was in high school, I didn't go to school if I, like, stubbed my toe on the way there. I was like, no, <laughs> they can't go. These, their parents are missing, but they still go. Very dedicated. So they still don't, they still, they decide, no, we're still not going to call the police. We're going to talk to Roger first. Creepy Roger. Right. <laughs> so they go into school and they get, uh, oh, they go to school at lunchtime and they go into the payphone booth and they call home and what? Roger picks up. Why don't they just go home? Right. I don't understand this. No, either. Why go to school to call somebody? who's at your house. Just go home. Right. Yeah. And she, and they're like, we got to talk to you. And he's just like, I gotta go. So I'm like, you know, when we, when it's all, since we've already said what the deal is, you know, when it's all said and done, like, why is, if, if they're missing and Roger knows it, he's not doing a very good job of like keeping an eye on these kids for the parents. Yeah. I would he's, fucking, if he wasn't already dead, I'd kick his ass. He's the worst <laughs> agent ever. Right. Like, I don't understand. I feel like the first thing you should do when you realize that your partners are missing is get their kids into witness protection. Like, why are those kids not in a safe house? Right. Why are there not more FBI, like, coming into town to back them up? I don't... They're the worst FBI agents. Yeah. They would never make it on criminal minds. No. Also, this is where Roger tells them, we'll talk later, I promise. Which, famous last words. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, then she's like, I get him about five o'clock. What the fuck were you doing from then till five? That's a good question. Like, school does not get out at five. Your parents are missing, (laughs) and you're just gonna, like, do what after school? Like, hang out? Oh, so, um, we missed that Mark called Gina from the payphone. Oh, yeah. After, and then whatever she says, he goes, he's the one that goes. Oh, no, he doesn't say no. I thought he did. He says, I don't believe you. Why are you doing this? And I was like, well, there it is. There it is, yeah. And he calls her when he gets home from school. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Because she didn't come to school, and he's, like, worried about her. So when Kara gets home, she finds Mark sitting on the couch. In the dark. Crying. Crying. It's ridiculous. He's so broken up about this girl. Oh, my God. Dumping him. And I couldn't care less like literally i could not care any less than i do they were dating for three weeks <laughs> real serious relationship on shady side that's, that's true missing. i know but she was cute and liked him she was h-o-t guys oh just one t though not h-o-t-t yeah t-t didn't come in so <laughs> <laughs> till the late 90s early 2000s was hot in here the first tt i don't know it's a good question i think the tt came when like the ph came oh really that oh. Early? Like, i think yeah because it was like p-h-a-t-t like pretty hot huh? no i guess it was like no, it was only yeah okay wait is that why with the fat p- with ph that's an acronym 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hot and tempting. That's fucking blowing my mind. <laughs> 20 years, I had no idea. <laughs> that is not a word I hope comes back. No. I it's hope it does. I'm sure they're going to say P-H-A-T. I bet you in, in the upgrade they do, in an updated version. <laughs> Instead of hot bod, they say fat. Yeah, she's fat with a pH. (laughs) I really hope that doesn't happen. Um, We'll have to get some updated versions to find out. Yeah. So, let's see. Mark and Kara talk it out. Blah, blah, blah. Do they call Parody now? Yeah. Okay, so this is when they call the cops. Okay, but she, he, he's like, she's like, okay, let me call the cops. And he's like, she's like, 911. And he's like, <laughs> or, or he's like, 911. And he's, and she's like, no, the Fear Street Division. <laughs> I have this card. <laughs> do you think, do you think they hand out cards when they first move into, um, when somebody first moves on to, like, Fear yeah. Street? Do you think their welfare basket? It, I, I just assume suburbs, y'all. Survival kit, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things in there is a card with the direct line to Fear Street Division. Yeah, could be. Yeah. I think I want to know what's. I want to make this basket. This is a Fear Street Friday. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the welcome basket. Welcome to Fear Street. So Captain Faraday answers, and then apparently immediately recognizes the name of the sixteen-year-old girl he met for two seconds. Right. Right before. Yeah. So there's that. Again, I was like, not a cop. No. Uh, as soon as they said, call 911, like, before this, I thought he was a cop, but then when she's like, when he's like, 911, she's like, no, I'll call this guy. I'm like, okay, not a cop. Like, immediately, <laughs> he knew it was going the wrong way. But he is nice to her, and he takes all the information, and he's down, and he says he's... But he's weird about it. He's oh, like, he's, totally he's like, about it. they're not, wait, they're not dead, so that's good, right? Like, there's yeah. no accident report. That's a good sign, right? Like, why are you asking me? How does that mean that they're not dead? Yeah. Just because it wasn't reported yet? Right? What if they were murdered and buried in a ditch somewhere? Like, I don't think you would get that report the next day. Yeah, not, not a cop. And also, minors call the cops and say, my parents are missing. The very first thing you do is call social services. Yeah. They're under 18. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't just let them chill out at home. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, why are these kids allowed to just stay at home when their parents are missing? Well, so anyway, she talks to Captain Parody, who sort of says he's going to look into it, I guess. And then when she hangs up, she hears a click, meaning that somebody was on the other line listening to her conversations. Who remembers that happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, and she immediately goes to literally the only other person that's in the house and not standing next to her, Roger. And then they confront him about the gun, and he, like, gives them some sob story about his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Giving him the gun. But Kara totally is on to his shit. don't gaslight Kara. She's not <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, Mark totally was like, oh, oh, I feel bad for him. She's like, "Uh, no, he's lying. It was like bullshit. It was so not subtle, though. Like, no one in this family is subtle. She's flat out like, what about your gun, bitch? (laughs) Dude, I love that, though. She was like, why are you spying on us? Why do you have a gun? Why don't you explain yourself? Yeah. But he, like, still didn't. No. 
<laughs> and I imagine that the look she gave him was like, yeah, okay, fine. Right. <laughs> I don't think she was subtle about not believing him either. Yeah, no. No one in this family is subtle. Yeah. And then Mark is like, in the kitchen, they're like making sandwiches or whatever, and he's like, I've lost everyone all at once. Like, <laughs> oh god. It's been one day. It's been and his girlfriend, he's talking about his girlfriend. Like, yeah. Oh, it's been three weeks you guys were dating. Give it up. <laughs> Why is the only thing in their house peanut butter and bread? They're supposed to be gone one night. I don't know. They didn't even have milk. Like, they were eating Coke with cornflakes. <laughs> they eat out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But it was the most depressing PBJ I have ever seen. Was, was there even jelly? I think it was just peanut butter. No, they had jelly. No, they had jelly. They were very excited to have Barely plenty of jelly. Butter. Which is like the worst kind of peanut butter sandwich. If you're going to have a peanut butter sandwich, I need like a lot of peanut butter. True. It's like there's barely enough for both. I need a lot of peanut butter and jelly. Like the bread can be very little, but I just want all of the peanut butter. <laughs> I don't like jelly. Really? I like, I like, like, a jam. Jam. Preserves. Yeah, I don't like gloppy. Yeah, yeah. I really like, like, fruit preserves. Yeah. Like, the fresh fruit. Okay, so after they eat their peanut, sad peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sad peanut butter and jelly. You <laughs> were sad. Kara decides to follow Roger because Kara's awesome. Yeah. And Mark decides to go talk to Gina because Mark is He's wet. not like awesome. <laughs> but... If Mark wasn't a wet blanket, then we wouldn't get the coolest scenes in this book. Fair. Like, where he cuts his hand off on roses? Yeah, where he's, like, <laughs> being, like, just, I don't know. And creeps in his ex-girlfriend's underwear drawer? Right? Yeah, I mean, like, the Fierce Chief Woods. Yeah. I, I want woods. Okay, okay, so, um. Well, his first mistake about going through the woods was trusting Arnie, who told him about it. I know. I was, like, an Arnie sighting. But uh, that book's, like, whatever he's describing, I would read that book. That sounds fucking amazing. With, yeah. the, with the killer rats? Yes! <laughs> I want yeah. that. So apparently, in the lore of Fear Street Woods, uh, five teenagers go camping in the woods on a dare. And because everyone bet them they could never spend the night in the woods. So they were about to cook supper, which, ew, no. <laughs> If you say supper, I we're not friends. And then all of a sudden, the next thing anyone knew, they all come running out of the woods, knocking on doors, like on Fear Street, knocking on doors. Like <laughs> I, I thought that this was gonna be the part where they got axe murdered. Yeah, I thought so, I thought someone would get killed too. I but, thought they were gonna disappear. Yeah, like well, classic maybe they, Fear Street. They obviously came out of the woods looking different and being different people. <laughs> True. Exactly what happened. But anyways, they said there was a monster that was sort of like a guinea pig or a white rat, only a hundred times bigger. I want this guinea pig rat as a pet. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody believed them until the next day when they all went back to find their camp stuff and the, like, the tents and everything were chewed up and the unopened cans of beans were eaten. So, obviously... Shit went down. <laughs> Mutant. Yeah. And I want well, that book. They did say there were mutants in the woods. Yeah. Mutant animals. Which is more than the like the scary wolves they were talking about earlier. Yeah, he, yeah he mentions it earlier about howling. Yeah. A times. He was talking about wolves earlier, and I was like, wolves are not as scary as mutant killer animals. Sorry. 
these woods aren't even that big because he walks through them to get to Gina's house. It's like a straight line between their house and her house. How big is the impervious Fear Street if going through the woods is faster than just walking down the damn street? Yeah. Apparently it goes on forever. Also, what kind of doctor lives on Fear Street? No, it's not Fear Street. She lives in like another another street, but like you can get there through the woods. I thought only Fear Street was against the, up against the woods. Yeah. Where's the map? <laughs> because she I don't think she lives on Fear Street. I think she yeah, it looks like the woods is, there's, like, no houses. Oh, here's the woods. Fear Street Woods, right here. All the, yeah. houses. All the way on the left. Yeah, but, like, how can he walk right through that and get to her house? That was a good question. That makes no sense. I mean, maybe it's not, like, the literal woods. It looks like the, the houses are wooded. You know, like, they have long driveways and woods between them, so she maybe. maybe... That's weird. I definitely thought she lived on Fair Street, though. Yeah, obviously his woods were, like, my woods growing up, where, like, I thought, like, 20 trees together was the woods. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I didn't know it wasn't the woods until I, like, got out of the city, and right. then I was like, oh, yeah, the woods. And somebody was like, that's not woods. Yeah. That's 10 trees. Yeah, that's no. exactly what we did when we were kids. Yeah. I grew up in the country. Our woods were, like, four miles. Oh, my God. There was a logging trail that we used to ride our bikes in. I grew up in the tiniest town. Nothing was four miles. Nothing (laughs) was even two miles. Um, so, but anyways, this, like, scene is awesome. Okay, yeah, so, uh, I almost called him Corey. That's how much I didn't like Mark. (laughs) (laughs) So Mark goes through the woods to get to Gina's house, because apparently it's faster, and it's also terrifying. And then he starts to hear footsteps behind him. Yeah. And he starts running. And I really wanted the foot, and he's like, the footsteps just keep getting closer no matter how fast I run. And I really wanted the footsteps to be coming from in front of him. So he just run into somebody. Oh, yeah. That would have been. That would have been awesome. Yeah. But instead, he steps on a pile of leaves that's hiding a, uh, a pit and falls into like a, into like a hole. Yeah. And then we switch to Roger. Like, following Roger down, oh, yeah. down the road. And we go to a place called Alma's, where the college kids hang out. Is that the first time they've uh, talked about Alma's? Yeah, so far. And uh, so she sneaks in there and sees that he's, like, meeting with, you know, dude. The guy who is driving the van. van yeah, guy. yeah. This is the part where I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why didn't she just walk up to the table and be like, oh, you don't know him? Right? Because that's what Kara would do. Yeah. Kara would be like, uh, excuse me? Yeah. I don't like this part. No, and instead she just, like, makes up some bullshit about, like, oh, like, I was meeting meeting someone. Yeah. It felt not true to her character. I'm gonna dismiss this as part of her, being part of her character. I was gonna say, I guess I'm wrong, and this family is subtle. She wasn't that subtle. I think maybe she just got <laughs> caught off guard and didn't know what to say, but because she didn't expect him to see her. I guess. She tracks him really well, though. Yeah. <sighs> like, she's good at it. Um, and then she heads home and realizes a car is following her. Yeah. But now we're back to Mark in the pit. Yeah. And he tries to get out, and there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> My God! This dog! <laughs> there's a oh. mutant dog. I know, but this wasn't, I didn't like this scene at all. No. No. 
And him and the dog get into a scuffle, and the dog dies. Let's just move on. The dog does not die. He breaks the dog's neck. The dog was trying to kill him. I know, but like... No, no. He, like, crushes the dog's back. He breaks the dog's neck. He is legitimately fighting with this dog. Like, and he was... He was losing. He was losing at one point. And you know what I thought? You know what he needs? A shark. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're triggering Michelle right now. I'm sorry, but this was so insane. Yeah, it was. So insane. Like, all I could think about is, like, I want to make jokes about how he's in a literal dog fight right now. (laughs) But, like, I can't. This is, it's insane. Why would you do this, Bob? Why? <laughs> um, I am All not... I know is that the dog dies natural causes. And <laughs> I'm also wondering if maybe Mark is on steroids because holy hell. Like. Adrenaline. I guess. No, no. I can't handle this at all. So anyways, the dog dies from natural causes and when he checks the collar, it's there's the monkey skulls on the dog's collar. Yeah, because they apparently just pass these things out like they're Cracker Jack toys. Yeah, it's like their signature. Yeah. And then, um, because they want to be, they're like the wet bandits. They want to leave their signature. (laughs) Such Home Alone vibes. It is. This book is Home Alone. (laughs) Home Alone retelling. Um. So then, uh, he gets to Gina's and cuts his hand off. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. And it's like, so he tries to climb the rose chalice, but it's like winter. So there's no roses, just thorns, and he falls, and like. From, I, was he, like, on the top? He's a third of the way up, so not so that far. He only fell, like, two feet? Yeah. Because he made it seem like he almost died. No, it says third of the way. <laughs> Mark? You did, oh, wait, remember, he, like, his breath, what's it called? Like, his, uh... Yeah, like, you have the gets, bre- breath knocked out of him. Yeah, you got the wind knocked out of him. And this is, like, where first person comes in, because he's like, it's the worst feeling you'll ever have. No. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Dude, you fell, like, two feet. <laughs> This guy's no. the worst feeling. One of the worst feelings you might ever have is when you chop your hand off. I keep making this worse. I don't care. There's so much blood. There was a lot of blood. When he on a thorn, he like cuts his hand on a thorn and it's apparently bleeding everywhere. He's getting it all over himself. I'm assuming it's getting all over the carpet in Gina's room when he gets in there. Yeah. Uh, and she's not there. So he decides to rifle through her underwear drawer for socks. I know! (laughs) Okay. But no, wait. We don't, we're not there yet. It's like, he gets, it's like, basically, he goes up the trellis and then he falls. He cuts his hand and falls. Then we switch back to Kara. Oh, does he fall and then we switch? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And then she's, like, going home and what's his face pulls up. Yeah. But he's, like, creepily following her first. Right, yeah. A car is following her. It happens to be Faraday, and he offers her a ride. And it, mm-hmm. this, it's way too convenient and suspicious. And here's my PSA for this book. Kids, do not get in a strange man's car, especially if he tells you he's a police officer and he's in an unmarked car. Right. 
at very least ask for his badge number then you can call the actual police and say hi captain faraday at this badge number she and then, never once asked to see his badge never once he showed it to her, it to her though did he yeah he flashed it like through the window but afterwards she never like i don't know i mean i guess that was good enough I guess. Except but she does do a smart thing here, though, because when she sees the car following her, instead of, like, running, she, like, go, she turns around and runs at the car because she knows the car, the car can't, can't just, turn like, around. just turn around on a dime. I, I like Kara. Yeah, I, she has good instincts. Yeah. I would have ran it, like, in someone's backyard, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah. Uh, so he st- doesn't have anything to say. He's just giving her a ride, apparently. Yeah, which I was like, okay, if he's the big bad guy, wouldn't he just use this opportunity right now to do whatevs. Yeah, but he didn't want her. But what did he want? What was the point? He's trying to figure out where the hell her parents were. Yeah. Which, I don't understand that at How all. Did he, is he working? Oh, he's just... No, no he's, he's, he's a rogue. Okay, yeah. He's, he's a rogue. Yeah. So... He just happened to show up when they went missing. Yeah. Looking for them. Okay. It, it was a coincidence. It was just a coincidence. Yeah. 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 And um, then we switch back to Mark, right? Yeah. So this is where he cuts his hand off, and then he uh, sneaks into Gina's bedroom while she's not there, and he decides he's going to wait for her because he thinks that she's just, like, downstairs, and so he rifles through her underwear drawer, finds a knee sock, and wraps it around his hand to stem the bleeding. She won't care. What? Yes, she will. Yes, Yes, she will. Yes, Yes, she will. Oh, wait, we forgot to say that, like, he goes over here because she calls him. Oh, yeah. Like, something, she's like, we can't. Like, I want to tell you something, but then, like, it goes, yeah, like, the phone dies again. Yeah, she's yeah. trying to warn him about something, and then he's like, then he's just like, uses that. As, I don't really think he was that worried about her, he just was using it as an excuse to like go over there because he's psycho. Okay, he also finds a monkey head while he's yes. looking oh, yeah. for stuff, another mm. monkey skull. And then her dad comes in, and he's, like, eight feet tall, 400 pounds. <laughs> like, has a gun. Yeah. I, I was like, how big is this guy? Do people call him tiny, ironically? I'm going to call him tiny. All right. That's what we're going to call him from now on. Yeah, yeah. He, he will be forever known as tiny. I like it. But, but he I'm definitely... I'm really mad that, like, this boy snuck in his, girl, his teenage daughter's room. Yeah. Not well, mad at all. He probably would be if he didn't know it was going to happen to his this boy's parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I would have been like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, well, I wanted to know. Everywhere, so. Yeah. Ew, and it's like, and it keeps being described. It's like oozing out. And yeah. I was like, God, stop. Like, <laughs> stitches, Mark. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to know what Tiny was up to because definitely he knew more than he was letting on, and obviously we found out later. Yeah, yeah he was shady. Yeah, I mean he was shady because he was like, "Oh, Le- uh, what's her name?" Gina. 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 Sorry, Gina went to like her aunt's house because she was upset. Was, she's so upset about breaking up with his, her boyfriend. Yeah, that she had to go to Detroit. Wait, what? And I was like, "Nah." I think he said upstate. To a oh, okay. cousin's upstate. Yeah. Detroit oh, was later. Oh, okay, sorry. What else? Um, upstate Ohio is practically Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's actually Cleveland, but yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh well, that's even. All right. So um, 
Then we switch back to Kara. Kara, and Lisa's here. So now you can tell me what your problem is. Okay, okay. (laughs) My problems with Lisa. A, why is she, like, coming back to Fear Street? Like, after what happened with Corey and all that? Like, it happened to Corey, not her. Yeah, but, like, (laughs) does she want to be in another book? I mean, they were both at the Definitely. Okay, well, yeah, I know. It's like, why? Why was he there? Why was she there? Why were they doing, what were they doing there? Yeah, bad idea. What else? Okay, so when she, like, she's just, she's not, like, smart Lisa in this book. She's dumb Lisa. Because, I completely disagree. Okay, but then, she, okay, so she's like, uh, where is it? She tells him that, like, Mark broke up, and she's like, did she break up with him because, like, he was chewing gum, and they were making Yeah. And I was like, uh, what? I thought she was Who just are you? Who are not Lisa? Lisa would not say that. I thought she was just making a joke. No, she wasn't. But she is the only, I mean, like, she came in and I was like, finally, a responsible adult, because she's the only <laughs> one that's like, do you guys want to come stay with me and my family, and not alone in this creepy house? Yeah, that was the only yeah. smart thing, that was the only, like, bit of her that, like, showed <laughs> through in this book. Because, like, yes, you are better than the cops. Yeah. Yeah, and she was also like, your parents didn't make it back? Like, have they done this before? They didn't call? That's, like, suspicious. She's yeah. she's definitely... She takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of other people are not taking it seriously. They're like, they'll be fine. They'll be back. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I... and then she's like, come stay at my house. And she's like, oh, I think we'll be more comfortable here. Why? Mm-hmm. Go stay at her house. Yeah, I would have gone to stay at her house. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and then we find out Gary Brandt has a crush on... Gary Brandt gets around. I know. Yeah, how many Everybody. girls has Gary been seeing? Everybody. Everybody. Him and Justin Styles. Yeah. Justin's worse. <laughs> Justin's way worse, but Gary's like second. Yeah. Number two on that list. So Lisa leaves and... Mark finally comes home. Yeah. Like, no, he's not home yet. Like she. Yeah, I thought she. She's going upstairs. Like she hears Roger. Yeah, yeah. She goes upstairs and she finds that the gun is gone. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about Mark being there. She just says, "Where's Mark?" And then it's like the next chapter, and it's like, "Oh, Mark and I were too tired, so it doesn't like it doesn't even so say nothing. So yeah." doesn't say anything about Mark coming home and him being like, oh my god, I almost got killed in the woods and like my hand and stitches, like nothing. I, I snapped that- a dog's neck. Yeah. I assume that on Thursday he went to the emergency room. Yeah. Because it says Thursday went by in a blur. So Mark went to the emergency room. That was yeah. Cool. Maybe they were in the emergency room together yeah. and that's why it was a blur. Then he tells her about the dog. Yeah. About the dog dying of natural causes. Yes. <laughs> And then they're like, we gotta talk to Faraday, you know, because Roger, the gun wasn't there, and whatever. And then he's like, oh, and then she tells him, fills him in on the ride home, and she told Faraday about Roger being shady. Yeah. And then, and then she, is that when she remembers Wally? Yeah, and then she's randomly, like, shouting out names. Wally! (laughs) Hey, listen. (laughs) So... She remembers a friend. She remembers that her parents had a friend that they worked with. His name is Wally. Wally. I I honestly didn't think it was a real person at first because his name was Wally. (laughs) I thought that he, yeah, I thought he either wasn't going to exist or he was going to be a crazy 
tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Wow. Because at this point, I was still thinking, like, either they're doing crazy government testing or there's some sort of weird government conspiracy going on here. Mm-hmm. So you were part of the Brotherhood in this one? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the Brotherhood, do you think Wally's in the Brotherhood? Or he just, like, generally worked with them and was, like, really into bowling? I think he just worked with them. I think they just made a friend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has, he gives them that, like... The directory. Yeah. yeah. Would have tore their page out or something. Yeah. So, uh, they go to see their parents' friend Wally in Waynesbridge. Yeah. Um, and they make up an excuse that they want to call their parents at work. And they say they can't remember the number, and Wally's like, well, that's fine, because I have a company directory right here. And hands it to them, and voila, their parents' names are right in the directory. Right. But Wally seems like a really, he seems like one of those, like, jolly old elves or yeah. something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems genuinely nice and, like, friendly. Yeah, and, he's, like, corny. Yeah. Nice and, like, jolly. Oh, when they're looking uh, for Wally's address, mm-hmm. and they look in their parents' date book, and Mark's like, it's only a number. And Gary's like, yeah, dumbass, we have a phone book. Who's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite? I'm watching that part. Yeah, that was good. They, there was some good, like, sibling things in this book. Like, they didn't hate each other, but yeah. they definitely, like, had, like, a sibling yeah. relationship. Where they, they made, like, smart comments, and they yelled at each other about dumb things. Yeah, but they weren't, like, trying to kill each other. Yeah, it's so true. That was there, was, there was a part in the beginning that I was like, oh, God, I hate this, because I think he said, I calmed her down in the usual way by screaming at her to shut up. <laughs> wait is that not how you calm people down <laughs> i mean that does seem like a genuine sibling thing to do but i was like oh he's such an asshole i've been doing it wrong this whole time <laughs> uh, okay, that, so they do that, find your parents name and then they realize that mr marcus sorry lied to them yeah lied to them <laughs> So they're going to go to the police station, but instead they decide to go home and talk to Roger again for some odd reason. The number of times in this episode we've said, they're going to go to the police, but it's <laughs> Yeah. It's like, he's on Mill Road going to the police station, and all of a sudden he just turns down their road, and he's like, wait, let's go home. <laughs> I want to see if he, Mr. Faraday left a message on the answering machine. Why? Yeah, if he did, he can tell you at the police station, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, he left a machine. Yeah. I have no idea. And your phone's not even working. The phone's been, like, on, off, on, off, on, off, like, every time they check it. And they're not suspicious about that at all. No. They're just like, oh, must be down again. Must be down again. But, yeah, they go home and find Roger dead. Wait. So they find uh, Roger upstairs in the attic with an arrow in the back of his neck. Yeah. Which we forgot to say, Mark's like an avid bow shooter. He's a bow shooter. (laughs) That's the proper term. All right, whatever. He's a bow shooter. He's an avid bow shooter. (laughs) I like that. Um, I don't know. Archer? Whatever. I don't know, I said. So so there's there's an arrow, like, just jammed into the back of Yeah. Which, like, 
the thing is, is that would, I feel like that would take a lot of strength because the thing with arrows is they're made to be, I mean, the reason they go through so much is because you get all that force from the bow. Yeah. The arrow itself, if you just kind of like, it's not that it wouldn't stab somebody, but to stab them so fast that they don't even, and so instantly kill them that they don't even have time to move. I don't know. It seems unlikely. It doesn't seem like he had. He would have enough room up there to do that either. Like that too. To get up there. Like how do you get any leverage? Yeah, I don't know. How do you sneak up there without Roger knowing? I mean, if he pulled a bow back and, like, let the arrow go, it would go in him. Yeah, but how would you do that in that tiny space? Yeah, I don't know. Without him, without Yeah, because he was even. just, like, sitting at the desk, like, didn't even know what yeah. him. Yeah. Know, it was just weird. But then, like, he, okay, so they see him dead up there, and then, like, the, then Faraday just, like, jumps out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> Like, he was like, it was a bow. He was like, I found the weapon. You killed him. <laughs> yeah. How did he even know that bow was was a uh, Mark's? It could have been Kara's. It could have been Rogers. It could have been the kid down the street who left it in their yard. Yeah. I, it was like at that point, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, this is where Kara fucked up. Yeah. At that point, she wasn't suspicious of him. I agree. Like, Mark figures it out before her. Yeah, but he's not suspicious. His is just dumb luck. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely should have been suspicious that this guy's in your house with a dead body. Right. Yeah, with the murder weapon. Right. <laughs> in his hands. So, they go downstairs, and he's like, oh, well, you killed him, blah, blah, blah. Let's go downstairs and talk about it. And then, dude with, uh, the other dude comes in. Murdoch, the van guy. Isn't his entire job to keep an eye on the house and make sure everybody inside it is safe? Like, dude, you had one job. You failed. Miserably. But well, obviously, and he dies for it. Right. Faraday kills him very quickly. That escalated very quickly. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say, put your weapon down. I'm the police. Mm-hmm. And then Kara still doesn't get it. No, she's like, it's like she just wants him to be uh, like to be a real cop and to take over and to figure it out so bad she doesn't even see the signs. Right. So now there's two dead bodies in their house, and then Murdoch like goes and calls for backup. Mm-hmm. He's like, send the like other units. And then um, he, oh, he calls Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> hey Schmitty, <laughs> and tell the other units sounds legit. Totally legit. <laughs> so then he's like pacing back and forth, being like, Where are your parents? And Yeah. And then Mark gets up to go get a drink in the kitchen and he sees that the phone is off the hook. And when he picks it up, which for those of you listening who don't understand how landlines work, <laughs> if you leave a phone off the hook and you pick up another line, you can't dial out. You have to hang up the phone. Yeah. Um, and nobody can call in if your friend's on the phone. Yeah. Either. So I feel like we maybe have explained this before, with, but, you know, just in case you forgot. Uh, so Mark picks up the phone and he holds it to his ear and he, he hears silence, like the phone's out again. And he realizes that Faraday's bullshit. Yeah. Which, by the way, I realized in, like, the first chapter, so I went Mark. Yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't 
I realized when they were like, call 911, no, let's call him. That's when I was like, uh, okay. not. You still got it before they did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm still slow to get it. Um, so then they, <laughs> so Mark's like, can I talk to Kara in the kitchen? No, you can't talk to, no, the kill, the big bad killer is not going to let go let you talk to her. Right? <laughs> You're not subtle, Mark. Yeah. Then he gets even less subtle. Yeah. He, like, he's trying to, like, make eyes at Kara yeah. and, like, yeah. get her to, like, figure out what's in his brain. Yeah. Like, There's no telepathy here. Yeah, they're not, they don't have, like, the sibling, like, we have, it's not like in the beginning of the book, she was like, we can have, like, entire conversations. Right? No. <laughs> those kind of siblings. You haven't been on Fear Street long enough to get psychic powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she obviously doesn't get it, so he finally just gives up. <laughs> right as she's, like, starting to tell Faraday, like, about Wally, <laughs> he just screams, don't tell him anything! Yeah. Like, smooth. Mm. That's a good plan. Subtle. Subtle. Real subtle. <laughs> Family of subtles. <laughs> it, that might be my favorite part, I gotta be honest. Yeah. Then he, like, tries to, like, get the gun away from dude, and he's like, no. Yeah. He's like, smooth move, ace. Yeah. Oh. At least he didn't say anything about x <laughs> Kara still has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And then she finally gets it. Yeah. Kara, you were so quick with everything else. Yeah. So he's like, you know, where are your parents? Where are your parents? And she's like, we don't know. And then he's like, I'm not playing games. I've killed two people tonight. You think I won't kill two more? Okay. And then she's like, you're a, not a policeman? I'm like, okay, Captain Obvious. <laughs> okay, I don't understand this. Did he think that Carol was lying to him about her parents? And why? Why would she tell him? Why would she call him? To tell him who she thinks is a cop yeah. that her parents are missing if she knew what was going on with her parents. I don't know. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. I don't understand this at all. So then he's just like, I'm going to kill one of you if you don't. Oh, yeah. And then my favorite part happens. But then, like, why'd you kill Roger? He was snooping around too much. <laughs> what? I felt he like He wasn't, it. like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, basically. I felt like it. It was like, all right. So then he threatens to shoot one of them to get the other one to talk because, you know, that works. And then he's going to shoot Mark. But then the best thing ever happens. Yeah. So, uh, Gina comes in with a fucking shotgun pointed at Faraday and tells him to drop the gun. And it was like, it's not a shotgun, it's a hunting rifle. Okay, The shotgun when she's when she, like, shoots the wall, it would have sprayed those, like, those, like, little, whatever they're called, little pellets. Yeah, all over him. Whatever, it's a big-ass gun, okay. and she is pointing it right at him. So, she tells him to drive the pistol, and she shoots, like, right next to him to get him to do it. It's totally badass. Yeah, and he's like, okay, okay, I dropped it. Like, he's not fucking with her. Yeah. Uh, well, so- I just imagine she looks, like, just over all of this shit. Mm -hmm. She's just done with it. So then they decide to lock him in the garage. Which makes no No. sense whatsoever. Who can't open a garage door from inside the garage? It has a really good lock. Yeah. But other than that, like, the rest of the book, Gina takes charge. Yeah. 
basically the she wins this whole book. They should have been like instead of that, they should have just been like, let's tie him up. Yeah, let's put him in the basement or something. Yeah, they should have put him in Roger's room with Roger. Right. Yeah. Totally. Lock him in the attic with dead Roger. Right. So she hitchhiked, and then they're like, "How'd you get here?" And yeah. she's like, "I hitchhiked back." Like, holy shit, girl. She is amazing. Yeah. Um, and then she ushers them through the woods because they can't miss the meeting. Yeah, and they're like, what meeting? And of course, like, she's like, tell you later. Let's just go. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where this book got, like, seriously bonkers and amazing. With the, like, yeah. Gina shows up and we start learning about the fucking secret society. Right? It was amazing. Yeah. I did not see that part coming. No. Not I thought this dude was gonna like was gonna say he had the parents. Like after he killed Roger and stuff. I thought it was gonna be all him. Yeah. So um, basically there is a brotherhood who they're be they're like they're like 9-11 conspiracy theorists and stuff, right? Like, that's what this brotherhood is. Oh, I like, thought they were white supremacists. Maybe, but I feel like they also believe that, like, Obama's not an American and the Pentagon was involved in 9-11 and, I don't know, what other things did crazy... We didn't land on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it was called, like, the Brotherhood of the White Monkey, and they kept talking about, like, we're gonna take back what is ours and stop the crime, and it just, like, had white supremacists written all over it. They were gonna do that by sacrificing people to the ancient evil, though, right? I'm pretty sure. That's what, I wasn't sure if the ancient evil was involved. If yeah, it was a I, cult or a secret society, is it a cult. human <laughs> sacrifice, is the ancient evil behind it all? It was I a mean, cult. It was a cult. Why bother be doing it in Fear Woods if you weren't sacrificing any somebody to the ancient evil? True. Yeah. It was a cult that sac- made human sacrifices to the ancient evil. Yeah. So that yeah. she could come back and... So you could get powers. Yeah. But they also stockpiled guns because, you know, you always have to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So they go to this meeting, they borrow robes from Gina's dad because he's, like, involved. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in the Brotherhood. Yeah, so they borrow robes from him without him knowing, and they go to the meeting, and there's, like, two people in the front with white monkey masks on, and it's they pull off the mask, and it's his mom and dad, and for some odd reason, Mark's like, they must be the leaders of the whole cult. Not where they've been. Yeah, well, Kara has one misjudgment in this book. Mark, basically, everything he thinks is a misjudgment. Yeah, it's like, you think that? It's wrong. Yeah. It's not. No. Um, wrong, 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 wrong. wrong. <laughs> but I don't understand why his parents, why they aren't tied up. Yeah. Like, they're FBI agents. Yeah. That's why they, I guess that's why I think they're the leaders. I guess. They're not believers. And he still doesn't get it. Like, they're, like, bringing them to the front, and they're, like, basically, like, being, like, now we have to, like, sacrifice yeah. to the... Just, like, and then they're saying their whole big villain's monologue thing. Yeah, they sacrifice the traitors or whatever. Yeah, and then, then, like, it takes him forever to be, like, oh, wait, they're gonna kill my parents? <laughs> like, my parents aren't in charge here? And then Mr. Marcus is there. <laughs> the record, Karen gets it right away, because he, he looks at her, yeah. and... she's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit. 
And then, like, the guy raises a knife and he's going to kill the dad first. And Mark, like, throws the monkey head that he found on Gina's bed at him. But he doesn't, doesn't even. And then he's just like, who threw that? It's like, it's like when somebody throws a paper airplane and a substitute teacher. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I bet that guy wasn't. Oh no, it was it was Mr. Marcus. Yeah, but that's all the distraction it took to right. like cause you know the parents. Yes, FBI yeah. training kicks in and mm-hmm. yeah, mom and dad like attack Mr. Marcus and yeah, everybody else runs away and instead of chasing after them, mom goes and like it's like oh I'm so glad you guys are okay. You're letting the bad guys yeah right well then he's like i know who they are yeah you can't get far fair except i'm assuming most of these people have money and power so they could probably get pretty far yeah and then except for gina's dad he's like too dumb to run away he's just like hey because he felt bad yeah because apparently feeling bad gets you something no you didn't try to stop it yeah in a little bit um, so then they explain that they're FBI agents. Working with cults. Yeah. They're like specialty is, oh God, what did they call it? Oh yeah. It was a cool name. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We have a lot more, we know a lot more about subversive groups. Yes. Subversive groups. I like it. That's like some FBI psychology speak. And they tell him about, what's his name, Faraday, and then they're like, oh, you know, we sent him to prison, and... For racketeering. Yeah. Um, and now he's out, like, trying to get revenge. And now he's in our garage. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, though, because... They were like, we didn't want to tell you, because you wanted, we wanted you to have as normal a life as possible. They're yeah. just like, they almost died, and you almost died, because you didn't tell them. Yeah. So, bad plan on your part. Moving <laughs> around, having weird people live live with you, and, like never being home and just like right you know it's not a normal life so may as well just tell the truth and maybe you if your kids knew they would know to be a little more on guard and right yeah i think it was a bad decision yeah me too dear any parents out there who are also undercover fbi agents tell your kids at least the fbi part I don't know. They're probably not allowed to. They're allowed to tell them they're FBI agents. Yeah. They're not in this. They're not in the CIA. So then, uh, the next, the like, they're packing up. They're moving because they're going on to the next case. Yeah. And then Gina stops by and like gives Mark a creepy gift. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? It's she gives him a monkey skull. Yeah, with her, like, address on it, so he can, like, keep in touch. And he's like, I won't be needing this to remember my time here. I'm like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> um, oh, hey, back when uh, Mr. Marcus was giving his, like, evil monologue, and they were talking about, like, I don't remember who says it, but somebody says something about him wanting access he they wanted to infiltrate all of cranford to get access to all the government contracts he's the ceo yeah yeah like, well i think they have like a hostile takeover but 
that he has access to those contracts. And he, maybe even if they have top secret contracts that he technically doesn't have clearance for, he's the CEO. It wouldn't be that hard to get an employee to get it for you. He didn't say they were trying to get yeah, government contracts. That was, the plan was to completely infiltrate Cranford Industries to have access to all of the government contracts. Yeah, but was Cranford Industries already had the government contracts that he was going to get? They said earlier so that they could like get some. Uh, the kids said earlier that there were government contracts. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It was weird. I mean, there was a lot of things like this. There is. But now we know that the ancient evil has a cult worshipping it. Yes. That's good to know. Do you think it was started by a fear? The Brotherhood? Probably. I think that I, this is why, okay, so now that we talked about the whole book, like, this is why I didn't think this was, like, an early Fear Street book, because usually it's always, like, one villain that has like one reason this is like a freaking cult group like this was yeah. like this was definitely out of his normal box of tricks yeah um, definitely no secret identities no siblings trying to murder each other no like yeah definitely not your average rl stein book i feel like it had a really cohesive Plot with not as many dumb decisions as most Fear Street characters make. I mean, still some, but better. Better, yes. Like because of Kara. Yeah. Because Kara had Asia. like she definitely had like a. She was getting there. Yeah. She would get lost along the way, but she had like she was like she had a compass inside yes. her, pointing her the right direction. <laughs> she just didn't quite get there. She just needs a couple more cases, and she will be awesome. And she can have Gina as her sidekick to just shoot anybody yeah. who doesn't give her the information she wants. <laughs> they oh would. God, I want that to be a series. Yeah, those two uh, would have a great buddy cop. Right. Series. Uh, can somebody write me that fanfic, <laughs> please? One of these days, I'm just gonna write all this fanfic that I keep talking about. I know, right? All right. Does anybody have anything else before we start getting to our counts and theories and stuff? No. You want to take a, take it off? Yeah. So I had there was two sweaters and a closet of sweaters. Yes. <laughs> closet of sweaters. Is that more? That's more than a drawer of sweaters. Yeah, a closet of sweaters. And I have two kills because you know. Natural causes for the dog. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Um, is that what is that the is that, is that the only people that died? Those two? Yeah, just those two. Okay. Uh, romances. I just had Mark and Gina. Yeah. Their love of their like hot and heavy three week love. Whatever. Fear Street was you know their house. For places, I had Division Street, Cranford Industries just in case that ever mm-hmm. comes up as, like, the evil corporation. Ooh, it you know, what's one of those shows that has, like, an evil corporation that's, like, super... That could be, like... So many of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just can't think of, like, a specific example, though. Like, of what to, like, compare Cranford Industries to. I'll come back to that. Um, Mill Road, Hawthorne Drive, that's where Almas was. Oh, okay. And Almas. 
And for data references, I have the Swatch Watch. Mm -hmm. A Walkman, they used a road map to get to all the places. Oh, yeah. The phone booth at the school, and uh, he talks about a Def Leppard record. Also an answering machine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and the landline. I want a Def Leppard record. I know. What do you think they updated the Def Leppard to? I don't see a need to update it. No. Missy Elliott. Yeah, but it was like his heart was pounding like a Def, Def Leppard record. Like a Missy Elliott beat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so recurring characters, we had a lot. Corey Brooks. We had Lisa Bloom. Corey. Uh, Corey Brooks, David Metcalf, Arnie, and Gary Brandt. And that's it. Is that it? Yeah. Unless you guys have suspects. There wasn't really any fashion. Just, Just the on the cover. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Which was more than enough for me. I feel like the suspects were pretty uh, clear in this one. Yeah. I mean, I didn't yeah. have any, like, well, Cassie had a good, like, idea of oh, yeah. everything that was going on. Yeah. I mean, my only theory is that just a government conspiracy that they are doing top secret experiments on Fear Street and I feel like that's probably why nothing ever like gets accomplished or resolved or the the police are never involved in anything because it's just like government testing and they hush it up pretty quickly so that they don't get wise to what's happening in Fear Street Seems legit. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't have any theories? I do have okay. theories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'm pretty sure that the Fear Woods is full of abandoned drug dens. So, like, because you look at the woods and, you know, you're like a cokehead or a heroin addict or whatever, and you're like, this is a good place. Or, you know, a drug dealer or whatever. You're like, this is, this is a great place. And then you get in there, and then the ancient evil is like, get out <laughs> and they just like drop all their shit and breathe <laughs> yeah or like the mutated animals or yeah like so many and things. then when they leave they're they're like a totally different person right <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe it helps the drug addiction yeah it's like a rehab uh, <laughs> you don't need rehab just go to the fear woods and when you come back out you won't even you'll, remember that you're on drugs <laughs> and you'll be a totally different person yeah. okay so um to extend my theory about people on Fear Street developing psychic powers, I think animals on Fear Street start to succumb to the evil that permeates the woods. Yeah. So I think they get, like, crazier and more evil yeah. the longer they're near it. I, I, yes. I, yes. That happens. That makes um, sense. That dog's been there a while, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. That was pretty much my entire basis of that theory. And then I just think I have additional evidence that Shadyside pays families to move there because Cranford Industries, where they were originally investigating, was like two towns over. And, um... Yeah. So why there? And Kara was like, I guess it's because of the good schools. And it was like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I just... I, yeah, that reaffirms it. Yeah. More evidence. Because why else, when they are FBI agents, like, they're not paying for their housing. Right. They're moving around. So why Fear Street? 
And why Shadyside Federal? Why not Waynesbridge or something? Like, whatever the closer town was to Cranford Industries. Well, I guess that they're, like, maybe the cult, like, Cranford Industries yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it, but the cult was, like, the home base was in Shadyside. But would they right. have known that before? It, because they started investigating Cranford Industries. Yeah. Like, I feel like they were probably investigating Marcus before they mm-hmm. found out about the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is an FBI fuck-up, because why would you put them on Fear Street? Like, there's just so much other shit going on yeah. there. Like, like, don't you want them focused? Like, you don't, want an F- you don't want to put an FBI agent in the middle of, like, all this shit that's going to distract them. Like, well, what about this? Like, I'm like, I need to look into this. You know what it was? Listen, so, because I sort of do this for a living, mm-hmm. there was an RFP that went out for, like, uh, a request for a proposal for, like, houses they could use for sting operations and fear street was like i will give you this yeah but only if you put someone with kids in that house (laughs) yeah uh those are all my theories though i mean unless it it also validates my government conspiracy theory because they're like yeah 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 uh we have a house on fear street you guys can live there for a little while don't ask questions just move in i feel like it could validate both theories yeah there are a lot of things going on here (laughs) do we have anything else are we gonna read it I forgot to read it. I don't know what I'm going to write it. I don't know I'm writing it either. I forgot Shit. to read it. Uh, We're bad at this. I know. Um, I'll start. Okay. I got a rating. Um, so I give it, I don't know if I want to give it four or four and a half. Let's call it 4.25 Ooh. subversive groups. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like it. Go cab word. Yeah. <laughs> Using it, using your vocab words, your SAT words. Yes, thank you. But yeah, I mean, I really like this. It definitely did not have the typical Fair Street vibe. It felt much more like a a thriller. Um, I thought there were some really great atmospheric scenes that had me wondering what was going to happen. I developed crazy harebrained theories, which is always a good sign for me. So I really liked it. Okay, I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5, like, like awesome poses. Because <laughs> um, I thought it was really good. I mean, it, it's not getting a 5. Like, that's, I mean, there wasn't enough death for 5, but. There's never enough death. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, the prom queen had enough death in it for me. <laughs> this one, eh. Literally everybody but Don and Lizzie. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't Mains again. Yeah. Yeah. It was nobody. It wasn't. I mean, Roger wasn't a main character. He was just a creeper. <laughs> so, yeah. But good book. I like the, I like the twist. I like that it wasn't just like a typical, like, jealous high school person had, that has a dumb motive. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Because I can't think of anything, I'm just going to go for the obvious. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five monkey skulls. And yeah, I really like this one. Uh, I love that the characters were smarter than they usually are in the books. I love that there wasn't a single drawn out no. Uh, I think it was a- It was a couple little whiny- There was a couple like no, no, no's. Yeah. But even that was brief. And I think it was pretty much from Mark. 
Yeah, it was. It wasn't a girl. It wasn't a girl. Okay with it. I didn't like work anyway. Oh my god, maybe she's voguing. Uh, <laughs> voguing? Maybe she is. Okay, so 4.5 out of 5 boves. <laughs> um, no, I thought this one was excellent. This is a really good book. You redeemed yourself from the bed book. Definitely. Definitely. Terrible, terrible bed Sorry. Book. <laughs> I swear when I was a kid it was better. I think it's like the Bernstein Bears. It's an alternate universe. (laughs) Well. All right. So what are we reading and watching and doing? All that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Okay. So I'm reading um, this book that I just found out. I just figured I got like halfway through it and then I figured out, well, maybe not halfway. Like I'd say a third of the way. And I was like, oh shit, this is a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Because <laughs> I don't know, I never watched, I never read Pride and Prejudice. And I didn't, you know, the one, the books that I have read or movies and stuff that I've watched that are like retellings are like loose, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've never watched like one of the, like, I don't know. So you've never seen like the, the BBC miniseries or the, no. uh, isn't the movie? Is that one of Gwyneth Paltrow's? No, she did. No, that that's movie. Emma. Oh, okay. um, it's Kira Kira Knightley. Uh, no, the, the, yeah, that's the movie. The yeah. the BBC miniseries was with Colin Firth as uh, yes Darcy, Mister Darcy. Okay. Well, what tipped me off was there's a guy named Darcy. Oh yeah, okay. that's that's a good that, clue. Yeah, that's what tipped me off. But he doesn't come right away in the book in the beginning, and it's like weird it's it's called the forgotten book and it's the book set in like a boarding school in germany i mean i guess it does okay i guess it does i didn't think it said it in the in the synopsis but it does it says a jane austen inspired ya tale but it doesn't say pride and prejudice maybe it's not specifically pride and prejudice maybe not because the girl's named emma which emma yeah which isn't pride and prejudice right no yeah it's emma (laughs) yeah and i mean so she like finds a book and then like when she she figures out that when she writes in this book like what she writes happens so she can like write things into being true oh wait wasn't there another book like that it ended badly ink or something they made a movie with uh brendan fraser right as he was becoming a person that nobody put in movies anymore i was gonna say i definitely never saw that brendan fraser but I thought I saw all the like old school ones. Inkheart? Inkheart? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that was about a book where when they wrote in it, or maybe when they read from it, the things in it came true. I don't know, something like that. Okay, well, this is like she just figured out that, but she found this book and it's like full of stuff that people like have written about the school over the years, like for like 300 years. And like, I think she just figured out that like it's not stuff that they're they're not like recording history they're like writing history like you know what i mean mm, that sounds yeah. really good yeah actually it is good it's a little it's young white i mean it, she's supposed to be like a junior in high school but she, she like reads really young so yeah it's kind of like it's definitely like a young YA, but it's good i like it so far but i could never like be like oh it's like such a good retelling because i have no idea like, mm-hmm. all except for the characters' names. I don't know anything about those books. It's too romancy for me. That Jane Ugh. Austen stuff. 
Oh, I thought you were saying that oh. book. I was like, oh, fine, then I won't read it. Yeah, there's no romance in it at all. Yeah. So far. Yeah, so far. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jane Austen crap is way too romancy. Don't for say me. crap. Jane Austen's books are way too romancy for me. I love Jane Austen. She's one of my favorite authors of all time. Okay, so it's Sorry. not crap, but it is romancy. And yes. I don't like romance, so. You and Cassie. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I like Clueless, so I'm glad for Jane Austen, otherwise we would never have Clueless. That's true. <laughs> so thank you for that. Fair. And I'm watching, I'm not really watching, I'm not really like watching anything on any of the like streaming channels. I'm watching uh, Project Runway All-Stars is on right now, and I'm watching that because I like it. It's cool. I like the creativity. What about you, Cassie? I'm now up to date on the Wayward Children series by Seanan McGuire, which is amazing. Um, oh, I loved it. The The first book is Every Heart a Doorway. Yeah. Um, I've heard, like, I've been wanting to read that for the longest time, uh, but I don't, I have, I don't, I don't know why I haven't. Is that a YA? Yeah. No. I was going to say, yeah. I didn't think she wrote YA. No, no, it's adult. It's, um, it's tour. Um, yeah, I thought it was my I love Tor. But I've been yeah. reading it for like ever. It's not that long, the first book. No, no, they're short stories. They're yeah. like novellas basically. Um, but they're really, really good. So the third book just came out. Mm-hmm. Um and I like marathoned the the series and it's amazing. It's definitely like if if you are fans of um low fantasy world within a world sort of stuff. I would definitely recommend it. The first book is more like an introduction sort of to the like these kids. Basically it's a a school for kids who have gone to other worlds. And so now that they're back into our world and they like can't cope with the real world now because they've been to these crazy fantasy worlds. Um, so in the first book, you like, you meet the main character, the main character is Nancy and she goes to the school and you meet the other students in the world and like students in the school and weird shit happens. Um, but it all takes place at the school. And then in the second book, you get to go to one of the fantasy worlds that it's called the Moors. Um, and it's like basically like, like the best part. Right like anything yeah i mean it's like crazy horror vibes there's like vampires and uh like mad scientists and it's amazing and the characters are so interesting you were introduced them in the first book and then the third book you get to explore two more worlds you get to go to nancy's world which is the underworld it's the land of the dead and then you get to go to a different world that's basically like Candyland and Narnia had a baby. It's a it's a nonsense world. So like all this weird stuff. Like and, Land. Yeah, kind of. But it's all like candy and baked goods and like uh, it's such a weird world. But it it's really really good and it it's also very dark. Like. I really want to read this. Yeah, me too. So I, re- I really, really liked it. It was amazing. I, I'm assuming she's coming out with more, um, but there's, there's more worlds that I really want to explore and more characters that I want to learn about. So I just 
just added it to my yeah. I like that it's sh- I like that they're like short cause, yeah yeah because fantasy books can be like a freaking brick to get through yeah are you watching anything um, not really. Just normal stuff. But I did watch, um, End of the Fucking World on Netflix. Oh my god, I watched the first, like, three episodes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It's crazy. It. You know, it's funny because I was like, um, I feel like Michelle would really like this. <laughs> <laughs> is, that the one where, is that the one where the kid's like, I'm a homicidal maniac? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And he wants to murder I, I someone. Like yeah. Yeah, the the kid's like, I'm a sociopath, and I want to murder somebody. And then this girl comes up to him and is like, hi. And he's like, you'll do. (laughs) And she tries to seduce him. And... Ew, are they like 12? No, they're like 17. Oh. A lot younger than that. Oh. So she tries to seduce him, and he's like not interested at all, but she convinces him to punch his dad in the face, steal his car, and they run away together. Yeah. And that's just the first episode. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely, I mean. So basically, I'm a psychopath, but I still give in to peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, reading? Um, I just finished Bird Box by Josh Mallerman. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't talk about this one last time. No. Okay. Uh, so it is a end of the world horror book, horror novel. Okay. It's really good. It's very, so basically what it is, is um, people are seeing something and it drives them crazy and they kill other people and then themselves or just themselves. Okay. And that's what's causing the end of the world? All across the end of the world. And it takes place, like, so it kind of jumps time between um, when it's first happening and then four years later. And four years years later, the main character is the only one left. It's her and her two kids. And they, there is supposedly a safe place down the river from where they've been living for the last four years. But you can't go outside you can't open your eyes outside like because you don't know what is out there nobody knows what caused it mm-hmm. or what it looks like or what it is or anything so if you go outside and you open your eyes you're risking seeing it and going mad so she has to take her four-year-old children and herself in a boat down the river to this supposed safe place that she without opening her eyes or her kids eyes oh geez and so it goes from that back to when she was living in the house with some other people when she was still pregnant and everything kind of at the yeah. beginning of what was happening. Yeah, well, when you said it, she's, when you said the kid was four, when you said kid, I was like, why are people having kids in the world? Like this? Like, no, 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 She was pregnant. She was, time. she was pregnant when it started. Okay. Um, it was, it was so good. It was creepy and it was great atmosphere, and I really, really loved it. I highly suggest it to anybody who kind of likes that sort of thing. Um, and then I just started The Weird. It's a compendium of strange and dark stories. Uh, it's just a short story anthology. It's pretty good so far. It's all the, like, new weird stuff, so it's all, like, uh, they have, like, a Lovecraftian Are you feel. in it? I am not in it. Okay. Well, you're a short story writer. This was published a while ago, and okay. this is like super professional writer. 
Well, you're professional. You're published. You're that professional. Um, so that's what I'm reading. I haven't been watching too much lately. I've been watching some like horror movies. I'm trying to catch up on my horror movies. And then Jay and I have been watching this sitcom called Kim Convenience Store. It's Canadian. And it's about this uh, Korean-Canadian family. And they own a convenience store. And it's just kind of like all the like crazy things that happens at the store and then with the family. It's really funny. Uh, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms, but I like this one. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd... There's a, yeah, and I really like that they have a lot of reoccurring, because it's a neighborhood convenience store, a lot of the people that come in are reoccurring. So you'll see like a customer in one episode and then five episodes later, that customer will be back. Nice. I really enjoy that. And you get to like, if you have your favorite customers and you know they're going to be doing like a bit or whatever. Uh-huh. So that's pretty much it. Next month is April. It's our one year anniversary. And in celebration, we are going to bookend our first episode where we read The New Girl with our one year anniversary where we are reading the new boy. Woo! <laughs> Assuming they're not related. I won't make sound effects. Make sound effects. <laughs> uh, so that is coming to you in April. Uh, as always, remember to rate and review. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Fear Street Podcast, our email at fearstreetpodcast at gmail.com, blog, our blog, everything. It's down below in the, you can see how it's spelled, click the link. I think that's it. Yep. All right. And remember. You have been warned. Come to Fear Street and you're dead. Mm -hmm.